this whole entire impromptu conversation was stemmed out of a DM that I received after someone heard me on someone else's, not the Fit and Faith podcast. Um, Actually, I'll pull it up right now because I think it's so powerful for us to remember that no matter where we are, there are people listening. And in the midst of that, shout out to Coach Lori. Love you so much. She was inspired, not just by what she was hearing, but also something that I didn't necessarily say, but she just heard in the through lines and the in-between lines of what I was saying in regards to prayer. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness broadcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. What's up, everyone? I am live here in a pretty untraditional format, uh, specifically for the podcast, the Fit in Faith podcast. If you guys haven't tuned into it, it's five seasons in the making. Gosh, I think we're over 400 episodes now interview style and also some of me teaching and training and just showing up and allowing the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does best when you become a vocal piece. And so I'll start with that just in prayer. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to press play on a microphone, to turn on the green light for not just ourselves, God, for you to move through us, but also for those who are eager to hear something new, to hear the truth, finally, Lord, to have good news come to their ears and to their mind and to refresh their spirit, Lord, in a season where people feel friction, in a season where people feel convoluted and overloaded and too busy 
God, will this just be an opportunity for them to find stillness in their own mind and their own heart and their own spirit, for you to move in the only ways that you can move and for it to even bring about a gentle, compassionate spirit of conviction that you do so lovingly and so eagerly to just be in intimacy with us, to be in relationship with us. And so for everybody who's listening live or who listens in later, Lord, that they would just have an opportunity to come closer to you. I thank you for the airwaves. I thank you for the nations who have access to this. And we just pray for expansion over not only this ministry, but the ministry and the minds of all of those who are seeking to expand your kingdom, God, your children. We love you. We lift your name on high today. Jesus, Jesus, mighty Jesus, Yeshua. Ah, we love you, God. I love you. Amen. Oh, man. All right. Well, this is what this is about today. Um, I usually pray offline and I realize I press play and I was like, well, I know what I want to talk about. And then I'm like, hold on. This is your will, God. And so here I am. And this whole entire impromptu conversation was stemmed out of a DM that I received after someone heard me on someone else's, not the Fit and Faith podcast. Um, actually, I'll pull it up right now because I think it's so powerful for us to remember that no matter where we are, there are people listening. And in the midst of that, shout out to Coach Lori. Love you so much. She was inspired not just by what she was hearing, but also something that I didn't necessarily say, but she just heard in the through lines and the in-between lines of what I was saying in regards to prayer. And so I am here to talk about how do you go deeper? Uh, what does your prayer life look like? I have had people for the last, gosh, years, years and years through specifically this business since coming into my relationship with the Lord, ask to follow me around. Now, I know that sounds a little bit creepy, but they said, specifically a pastor said, I want to know what your prayer life is in order for your flesh life to look like this in order for your trees to have this much bounty connected to them. How are you praying? And I never, you know, really gave it much thought other than maybe like strapping a GoPro to my head or my chest and like walking that out for people to see. I have yet to do that. I've, I've said this too many times now that I, every single time it leaves my mouth, I'm like, ah, conviction, God, I know I need to do this thing, but I don't really want to live on like a Truman show. And I don't want my kids to feel like that either. So I haven't pressed play in that regard, but I am here now to give you some insight into what that looks like. A few years later, um, but when someone like Lori says that she wants to know what what is it about my prayer life, and this was the specific thing she said, uh, something hit me while I was listening. I struggle with my prayer life. The Holy Spirit prompted me to reach out to you for help on how to implement a strong prayer life. It's not just that I don't pray because I do. I just want one of those strong prayer lives that I enter into the throne room with expectation and trust of His promises. Man, first off, the wisdom in just asking that and having eagerness to be in his throne room, you've already done more than he would want. And that's just you're seeking after him. So my initial response was, holy cow, this will be a really great podcast. And I don't want to just give you the response. I want it to be a response for others to hear. And also I wanted to give her some nuggets. And so since the nuggets were already dropped there, this one, Lori, is for everybody else. And then I've got more for you. So thanks for thanks for prompting this and thanks for allowing me to uh, speak into it because what an honor 
I, I still am always in the same heart set and the same desire, just like, God, I want more of you. And so my prayer life has really, really evolved in the last several years uh, as I've just found more of that sanctuary space, more of that time of rest before the Lord versus like praying on the run or just praying before I go to sleep. Um, I have friends through Clubhouse that I've met. Um, I'm thinking of Marcus Ellis specifically, who we always shared like, before he even got out of his room, he would fall to his knees, right? And I know uh, there was actually holes worn into Billy Graham's uh, side bed for years, right? After years and years and years of praying. And so there are some different methodologies that I have. And one of the things that I shared with her was about landscape design. Now, this concept is actually, you can see it behind me, in my book, Always Becoming, that is actually available for pre-order right now on BAM and Barnes and Nobles, any of the actual bookstore retailers. So don't go to Amazon. Uh, It is available there, but I really want and need it to be promoted through other places so that January 9th, when it hits the bookstores, it's in more bookstores, hopefully in a bookstore next to you. So it's called Always Becoming Sex, Shame, and Love. A lot of where my prayer life came from is because of the life that I lead, I led without prayer. So in context to that, I talk about landscape design in that book from a mind and body perspective, but connected to my prayer, it's really powerful. And what does that mean? What is landscape design anyway? So I'll tell you from a, a way that you can put your head around it and potentially convict you a bit from a body perspective. Like, let's say you always had cereal. So I was addicted to cereal for years, okay, decades. Um, Literally, I I convinced myself while I was pregnant that I had to wake up in the middle of the night because I was starving. Actually, the baby was starving, so I had a really good excuse. But I would make a huge, giant bowl of milk and and cereal. I liked healthy cereal, so there was that. I liked... um, Uh, what was it? Special K with strawberries. I loved Raisin Bran. I love, you know, plain Cheerios with fresh local honey. Like that all sounds great to you, right? But no, it wasn't like whole milk. It wasn't like non-homogenized. We didn't have oat milk back then when I was addicted to it or almond milk. No, it was just the sugary, not good. I broke my fast, hence breakfast, breakfast, every single day, multiple times a day because I was addicted to sugar, really. But I say I was addicted to cereal. Anyway, in said addiction, if it is available inside of my pantry, I'm probably going to eat it, right? So it could be like my my sweet tooth of a husband who when I bake brownies for the kids, I could leave. We could all just have one, maybe two, let's be honest, maybe two small that become one large brownie and anything left in the pan because he knows it's there. He literally can't help himself. He'll he'll walk downstairs in the middle of the night and he'll eat the entire thing. And the kids can't wait to pack it in their lunch the next day. And they know without a shadow of a doubt, Dada ate it, all of it, every single piece. So we cannot keep anything sweet in our house. Even ice cream, I'll get like healthy, even healthy ice cream, Halo ice cream, whatever you love. I love the soy brand. Yes, we're getting to prayer. So just this is real life. I want I want you guys to understand but I can keep it in there and it is gone. Like it just is. So the concept of landscape design easily connected to our body and our mind is whatever is available, you're going to go after, even if you know it's bad for you because it's just in your vicinity. So when we stopped drinking alcohol four and a half years ago, we obviously removed all of the alcohol four and a half years ago. Why would we do such a thing? Because if it's out of sight, it's out of mind right? So you are inhibiting yourself from being the best version of yourself 
based on what you're putting in your vicinity. If you're trying to stop smoking and you have a thing of cigarettes in your bag, are you going to smoke? Probably I'll just finish these off and, and I won't get any more, right? Or if you're trying to give up soda and you've got Mountain Dew filled in your fridge outside, same thing, right? Let's talk about it associated to prayer because I think a lot of people aren't prepared for their prayer life in this way because they're allowing themselves to have a distraction zone that is, is it's infiltrating. So for me, my, my favorite time to be before the Lord, and it's all the time because we always are, even as I'm sharing this podcast, right? But I have my, it's literally called my Bible chair, not because I called it that. My kids called it that because every single morning them coming downstairs, they see me in the chair with my Bible in my lap. It's the literal only time that I sit in that chair ever, ever. And so that's just what it's become called. But it's also the place that I know I'm going to have my coffee in the morning. I'm going to have sweet time with the Lord. Sometimes I am on my knees before the fire. Sometimes my back is cozied up next to the Bible chair. Sometimes I fall asleep in that chair after I read the Bible because God just puts me into a sweet slumber. Uh, But I am creating a landscape that I know my heart is going to be open to, my mind is going to be focused on, and I am quiet enough that the Lord can speak back. So prayer is not just us always petitioning out to God. It is also Him responding. It's an opportunity for communication. And so if you're in a place where, let's say you're driving to work, which I know a lot of people also pray there, That's great. That's awesome. You're by yourself and maybe you've got the music on or maybe because you're also paying attention to all of the cars, hopefully around you and the destination in which you're going, the landscape is already an area and zone of distraction. Do you see the difference between a little space that could be your your war room? We know the concept of having a war room and actually establishing a prayer closet um, is wildly uh, powerful. I have my friend Angela Beller who will likely listen to this, and she also has her own podcast called the Fab You Less Podcast. Yes, Fab You Less Him More. It's so good and rich. She actually came to one of our podcasting retreats uh, last year and within six months is the top two and a half percent in the world. So that shows you one, what consistency can do, but also what a great programmatic plan can do. And so if that's you and you're listening and you're like, I love what she's doing. I want to share my message. We have a podcasting retreat coming up in December, actually in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So you could come and hang out with me. We only have room for six people to attend that and we are already are halfway full. So if that's something that like just piques your interest, I, I wasn't planning on saying that. I just thinking about Angela specifically because of her prayer closet. She's got this immaculate wardrobe. It's a part of her fabulous brand and just who she is, colorful and electric, kind of like my background right here, but her closet far outweighs mine. Uh, But she always had like this area where she had her pinned prayer request. She had her Bible. She had all of her other books. She had a cozy chair. She had those like dim lit lights Think about it as as a sanctuary already created before you walk into the throne room. So what does your throne room look like if it is a landscape design with intentionality to meet Jesus? Some people, a lot of people say their favorite place for prayer or perhaps their favorite place where they're here from God is in the shower. My best friend, Morgan, who also has a podcast, Breath and Beat Podcast. I'm just shouting out all my besties today. Uh, The Breath and Beat Podcast, uh, newly launched, is amazing. She actually was the curator of our podcast and I believe my very first guest on the show five years ago. Uh, Her concept of 
of prayer connected to that is to ask the Lord um, and remind him first in gratitude, thank you for the breath in my lungs and the beat in my chest. And my kids know this, like Waverly specifically, that's always a first part of her prayer. And it's something I've adopted as well. It's just that sense of gratitude. But Morgan always said that she hears from God best when she's blow drying her hair. So it's, I believe it's like a white noise element. I also believe you have, you can't do anything else. I've tried to listen to podcasts or audible books. No, I have to pause it every single time. No one can talk to me except for my spirit man, right? Like the Lord will come in that moment to speak. And that's me for the shower, me for blow drying my hair as well, but also this sanctuary space. So landscape design, check. Everybody got that? You understand where I'm saying? What does your current sanctuary look like? in order for God to come commune with you. Secondly is how then, once that sanctuary is established, do I hear from God? This is probably one of my favorite questions that my daughter has ever asked me, and she is wise beyond her year. She doesn't even know it, but she was taking a bath the other day, and she was like, hey, mama. Two things, actually. She said, how do I hear from God? I don't think, and then she said, I don't think I've ever heard from God. And we went about this sweet conversation, and I love having conversations about my faith with my children because I have to really simplify it. Like here, I can kind of throw out lingo. I can throw out language. I can throw out scripture, all of that. Actually, I'm terrible at throwing out scripture, let's be honest. I can speak the scripture, but I don't know the the biblical context always where it's from. Maybe Old Testament, New Testament. Something I'm working on in my own prayer life is like the memorization of Um, But anyway, she says this and I'm like, girl, like actually you have so many times because of her wisdom that falls out of her mouth at eight years old. I know that she's heard from God. I just don't think she's able to distinguish what is of God and what is not of God. I was explaining like very few people have audibly heard the voice of God, but I can raise my hand uh, to dozens of times. Well, way more than dozens, many, 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 many times, like daily, the Lord speaks to me, right? But you know the huge variability. I hear people over here uh, sending messages, so I'm trying to bring my screens around so I could see it. Uh, Let's see. Thank you for this opportunity to be blessed by you. I love you. Words that last, that matter. Ooh, look at, I'm assuming this is Bruce because he's always dropping me. Bruce Pulver is dropping an acronym. PUSH. Pray until something spiritual happened to boost your faith. Ooh, that's so good. If you guys don't know my friend Bruce Pulver, he is amazing, and he really is conceptualizing words in a whole new way through acronyms. I have his book on my coffee table. In fact, it's one of my favorite reads to just like pull out with my kiddos or friends and just like pull open a word and then speak it out loud so that we can have a conversation around it. It's a really cool tool. Um, and it's a really great way to actually pray and hear from the Lord, create the word, create the acronym, and then hear from God on what does that mean? So all of that to be said, I tell her and start teaching her about how she's heard from God. And I talk about the the creative thought process and the creative thought patterns that are established inside of us, even with like really big dreams. So I'm in the midst of Um, of just chasing after some really big dreams that the Lord has brought to my spirit. And I remember several years ago speaking to my friend Marcus Black. If you don't know him, he's amazing as well. Gosh, I got a crew on my side over here. Thank you, Lord. Oh man, I just want to honor him for the people, my brothers and sisters in Christ too, who are around me and give me energy and motivation for things like this. But we were having a conversation. I'm like, gosh, Marcus, sometimes I feel like my my dream was self-made. And I brought this up to my daughter and Marcus said, is your dream bigger than you? And I was like, yeah, it's way bigger than me. There's no way. He said, great. That means God gave it to you. 
And so if you think about the establishment of the earth, if you think about the stars and the ecosystems and the seasons and literally every single thing that operates both scientifically, um, energetically, and by just matter of fact, right? It was created out of a creator. And therefore, if it is good, if it is safe, and it is connected to truth, which is why your prayer life should be established on the foundation of truth and not lies, um, that's where the enemy wants to control you and think that you can't pray for that or that's not of God, um, then you you actually become more attuned to his response because you know and can decipher, did the enemy say that? Did I create that in my limiting belief or lack or trauma-based perspective? Um, kind of could be also linked to the enemy or did God say it to me? And so I've been starting to prompt her since we had that conversation. When she says something profound, I'm like, oh my gosh, Waverly, like that was all God, baby girl. And she's like, what? What do you mean? Like he just spoke to you. You never said that in your entire life. There's no way that you self-generated. She's like, well, I did think about it. I said, where'd your thoughts come from? God thought about you before you were ever formed. And this is one of the things that she said a couple of weeks prior that was so profound in this exact conversation, she said, uh, we were talking about my, my age and I'm coming into my, well, I'm in my birthday month, which is always fun. I'll be 37 here soon. And she said, um, you know, we're, we're kind of the same age, you know, we're not really, I'm not really younger than you. And I'm like, well, that's bizarre. Okay. You know, tell me more. And she said, God thought about me when he thought about you. And so de- technically we are both the same spiritual age. Y'all, if my mic dropped right now, it would be dropping. Boing. I don't know if you can hear that. Boing. That's crazy. I'm like, wow, Wave. I've never thought about that. Yes, we know that before you were formed in your mother's room, he knew you. But before I was a mother, he knew me, right? And so there's this like longevity. In- so she says these profound things. And I say this connected to landscape design is understanding how to hear from God is deciphering between your voice, the enemy's voice and God's voice. And uh, that's been something that I've journeyed through a lot. And usually if the idea, like Marcus said, is bigger than me, if the dream is bigger than me, if it's good, if it's safe, it's of um, sweet nature and compassion You all know when you talk to yourself with a limiting mindset. You know when you are self-hating. You know when you are discriminating. You know that that is not of God when you do those things, which is why we immediately repent when we do it about other people, right? You've done the practice where you're like, write down all the things that you say negatively to yourself about yourself, and then you have to say it. Actually, this just happened at... um, uh, ah, Lindsay's, Lindsay Schwartz. I was going to say Lindsay Teague, Lindsay Schwartz conference. She did this. It was amazing. Then you had to go and actually say those things to the person that's a complete stranger. And you just like weep and you feel terrible. Okay. I'm so sorry that I'm saying this out loud. I can't believe that I say this over myself. Right. And it's a, a wild practice. So you could practice it with a spouse. You could practice it with a child. Um, maybe not with a child that might really <laughs> cement in the wrong ways. Regardless, all of that to be said is How you speak to yourself negatively is never from God. And so you will know a vast variability when you have peace over the words that are created in your mind and the the spirit of something rather than anxiety, overwhelm, depression, darkness, frustration, anger, right? All of these emotions that are tied 
to enemy uh, enemy territory uh, are of the enemy, okay? This is why Christians can also have that demonic oppression, okay? This could get really spicy here in just a minute. And so I only have a couple minutes left to record, and I might have to do a part two of this, Lori. So thank you again for just getting my own energy spiked about this this concept that I'm wildly passionate about and know a lot about. Um, but the demonic oppression of a Christian is that they're constantly facing struggle. One of the gals that I follow closely, her name is Apostle Catherine. Uh, I, I share her out on my social often. She runs a Revival Now ministry connected to demonic deliverance. And you'll watch these demons literally be freed from this woman or man's body. And they'll, they literally, the one that I watched this morning, she said, I have wanted to pursue nothing but God. I want to walk out the will of God in my life, but I've just been stuck. I've been so stagnant. I've been bound to my past. I've been bound to these limiting beliefs. And so I think the Christian who's constantly banging their head against the wall in fear, in depression, and in, in all of these elements of mental health especially, um, or even just trauma-related things from their past, I think it's a demonic connection. And I think when we have ultimate freedom and full deliverance from any enemy's tactics, then and only then can we fully walk out what God has in store for us. And so um, there is abilities for you to deliver yourself. And so you can YouTube that. Um, that's not my zone of genius, um, but it's something I am always pursuing to learn more about. All right. How am I going to do this in four minutes? Let's talk about how to pray, okay? One of the things that I have come into revelation about this year was when I was I'm going through the Bible in a year for the first time. I've never done the Old Testament, New Testament, Proverbs, Psalm daily. It's been so rich. I highly recommend it if you've never studied a Bible in a year. Um, not front to back, not chronological. This is a different thing. You're reading old and new Psalm and Proverbs all daily. And I was learning about David and Solomon, and I hadn't read it in this context before, um, but the precision in which David prayed, I was actually doing a, a seven-day water fast when I was going through the learning of this um, unknowing connection date, nothing kind of uh, just aligned, but isn't God good at that? And so what I believe connected to our prayer is so often we're going into this desired throne room so that, yes, there's the element of worship, there's the element of thanksgiving. I mentioned those two things, but then we want clarity, right? It, this faith walk is hard, but we know that faith is is the substance of things hoped for and yet unseen. And yet we still want a crystal ball, right? People spiritually are seeking out mediums and seeking out tarot card readers and speaking, seeking out zodiac signs and even things like Enneagram so that they can become more self-aware so that they can have clarity on their who they are, their identity. Identity is only rooted in Christ, and our clarity concept of that is renewing our mind daily and surrendering our will to God's will every single day. And so David would, instead of asking for, well, God, I know you called me king. He knew his identity. I know, I know you've moved me out of this brotherhood of flesh, and you've brought me into this brotherhood of kingdom, and I am here to, to show up and serve you, God. And I don't need a crystal ball, though he, I would, if I was David, I'd be like, how am I getting out of this cave, Lord? What's the outcome of this situation, right? I thought you told me I was king. Why is it? But that's why I'm not King David, right? 
King, he's so much more noble than I am. He would ask direct questions to God. And the times in which I've done this after learning this, I have been blown away, like wildly, miraculously blown away on God's response. Why? I mean, he's, he's, he's God. I shouldn't be, but I am because I didn't know that I could pray this way. So in first Samuel, if you read in first Samuel, you'll learn about the ways in which David prayed, but even something like, um, do, 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 uh, he said, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack and save Kela, Kela, I don't know how to pronounce it. But David's men said to him, look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Kela against the armies uh, to more, wow. How much more then if we go to Kela against the armies of the Philistines? So regardless of what his men say, because that's like a whole enemy tactic in and of itself of distraction. All he said is, shall I go and do this? And God said, yeah, go. And then he's, he asked so many questions. Should I wake up? Should I do it today? Should I do it tomorrow? Should I do it at light? Should I do it at dawn? I mean, the, the questions, simple. I think we're going in with a desire to have full clarity. And the Lord literally tells us he is a lamp unto our feet. I say this from stage often. He's not a spotlight. A spotlight is something where you can see like the totality of something. But when a spotlight is in your face, you can't see anything except for what's right in front of you. And so I encourage you as listeners, as lovers, as seekers, as prayer warriors, for you to utilize some of these tactics. I clearly, I have to run because the Founder Collective is about to start. You guys are all welcome to join me for those who are listening live. It happens 12 Eastern every single week. That's another podcast you can tune into as well. It's called the Founder Collective, where it's a gathering of faith-driven entrepreneurs who come to have conversations actually just like this. And so I'm sure this is going to be rich and be connected to that. So I'll have to probably tag it into the show notes because I go with an open expectancy for what the Lord wants to teach and share. But I have so many other notes about what I want to share specifically around prayer. I want to talk about circle maker. I want to talk about crying out to God and getting those exact responses. I want to talk about um, my friend Eddie, who I just met and what he shared with me when it comes to words of knowledge and prophecy. Um, That was more of a study afterwards based on what he said. But there is so much that happens through our prayer and through our petition. And so I wanted to help equip prayer warriors because if we're prayer warriors and or we're business leaders or we're mamas or we're dads or we're walking out any human experience, right? We need to be in prayer. And intercessory is a whole nother conversation connected to prayer. So I'm just going to give a big shout out to Lori. Thank you for this episode. Uh, You're an unofficial sponsor, but you are the initiator and God is the presenter. So I love you guys so much. Again, pop in and listen to the episode number two if you're here with us live or come into the Founder Collective. It is on thefoundercon.com or thefoundercollective.org. You can get to uh, the link because it's hidden and not something we advertise much. But I can't wait to be with you guys soon. I hope that you come and tune into the show. Follow it. Leave a review, especially if you practice one of these things, even if it's landscape design. I want to know how does it change your prayer life? How does the Lord get through to you more accurately and more fully and more robustly simply by the way in which you're designing the space in which you're praying and the simplicity and yet the bigness to how you are praying? 
those are two things for you guys today. I think I mentioned three total, um, but know how to pray and know what to pray simply by knowing that it's about the lamp unto your feet and not the forecast to all the things in the future. God's not going to reveal that. That's not his heart. It, it's He wants to walk with you. He doesn't want you to meet him at the top of the mountain, right? All right. It's a process. It's a journey. Always becoming. Get the book now, and I'll talk to you guys later. Love you so much. Thanks for being here. Ah, so many comments that are so good. Our prayer shall be in the form of heart to heart, conversations between the creator of our minds, hearts and voices, and us as his beloved creatures. Yes and amen. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this show. I am so expectant to see you in the room. FounderCon 2023 is about to happen in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th. If you are not there, be square. Just kidding. If you are not there, I want to invite you to come to the virtual stage. We have truly designed a stage and experience, whether you're at home or in person, that is unlike anything I've ever been to. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying that because Christ truly has shaped this event, not only with the people and the speakers that are there, but with the construction of how we are sharing the word, the good news, and developing your businesses intricately. If you are still on the fence about like, what does this look like? Why would I join? There is so much content on the website for you to be able to know what exactly we're going over. But I want you to know there's some of the things that you're going to learn and what you will be able to extract and take away. TEDx conversations. Do you want to be on a TEDx stage? Do you want to learn from a TEDx coach? Health integration. How does your physical body and your blood work even have to play into your story and endurance of the race in which you are on? E-commerce and brick and mortar stores. We're going to be speaking specifically into how to develop those from a product lens uh, and how to make those effective, especially if you're a content creator. There can be some additional revenue sources uh, that could really support your business. What about the five-fold ministry and the spiritual gift integration of truly igniting marketplace ministry and how you serve? Whether you have faith out front in your business or faith is what fuels you, either way is right if that's the way that the Lord has led you specifically. But how do you utilize this anointing and your gifts as an integration point to serve your community? Next, you're going to learn about marriages and how to develop a healthy marriage in the midst of entrepreneurship. Movements. How do you design a movement? connected to the community build, connected to the words that are going to be across the nations. What does that look like? You're going to learn from movement makers themselves. Then we're also going to unpack ministry and what does it mean to be in ministry and what does the nonprofit world look like connected to ministry? We speak to businessry all day long at the FounderCon conference. And so this is really going to allow you to have fresh eyes on what does that actually mean? How do we operate as leaders in a businessry? We're going to be talking about meditation and mindset and have an intentional practice of how we show up to to a work every single day. And that work is an element of worship. And so how is work a posture of worship? You're going to hear from our worship team and other artists that are coming to the stage to unpack how do we show up in that authenticity for people every single day. Again, the publishing industry is obviously going to have a forethought here because I really believe on taking those messages to the masses. And a book is an amazing way to not only leave legacy, but to develop people, equip people, to disciple people in a really rich essence, even if you don't have direct access to them until they get your words in their hand. 
We're also going to talk and learn about the Christian Chamber of Commerce. You might not even know that this exists. Well, it is being developed right now, and the president of that organization is going to come and share about the importance of it and how it's actually developing and how you can potentially get involved as well in your local neighborhoods and communities. We're going to be talking about building global community as well as the importance of local community. So you hear from local, we're going to go global. We always do. We're going to be talking about uh, the lens of network marketing and MLM and how you could leverage that in your business because I do know that there are entrepreneurs that are doing this solely to help provide for their family and it is amazing what happens when you can utilize and leverage as an entrepreneur what it looks like to exist in the marketplace. Additionally, understanding that it could just be an arm piece to what it is that you do. This is an essence of affiliate marketing. Also understanding that there might be a place where you feel like that network marketing is running a little bit dry or that you're not able to use and infuse your faith or gifting as much as you'd like. And so you're trying to develop something on the side until that becomes the full-time thing and you can drop that. I've got to serve a lot of audience and community members who this is their story. It's a bit amazing to watch them leverage that marketing and pull it into what God has called them to do in this new season. We're going to talk about mental health unlocks. We're going to talk about leadership. We're also going to talk about money. I mentioned money when Kristen, you got to hear from her earlier, but Kristen is a wealth guru, right? And so how can we scale to six figures, seven figures and beyond? We as Christians, if we serve a rich daddy, we have that inheritance right. We have that birthright to manage it, but we have to understand how are we stewarding it? How are we managing it? Is our money working for us or are we burying our talents? So, That was a mouthful. There's still so much that I didn't tap into with the different genres of panels that we're going to have and the individual speakers that are coming to teach and train in person as well as virtually. As I said, there will be roundtables and experts and workshops happening. And for the virtual people, while you might not get to have that direct access with these speakers, we are bringing some incredible virtual hosts who will be training you, developing you, and pouring into you during that time. So you will be served in a whole different capacity than the people in person, and yet you'll still have access to all of this in-person richness too. So this is not your average conference. This is not a stage to motivate you. We know you are motivated. It is not a stage filled with testimonies and storytelling, though I love both of those things, and you might hear bits and pieces here and there. This is a training ground. This is an equipping zone. This is discipleship in action, and it is applicable and attainable for you to be in the room right now. Revival is now. Marketplace ministry revival is now. So let's clarify your next move and get you founded in him. And if you're not yet, or you are already, and you're like, I got that part, let's talk about the remaining, the abiding, and the critical need of consistent momentum towards the call. We love you. We're inviting you in. Go to www.thefoundercon.com and get your tickets today. You will not be sorry. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us and this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network, which is obviously why we got connected and are so grateful to be a part of the community. They have shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Some of mine that I listen to on a regular basis are on Life Audio. Even some of our community members who have been a part of the Fit and Faith team through our coaching or different organizations, they're there too. So I definitely want to drive you over there. Check it out. And thanks again, Life Audio, for being you. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. 
Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.